We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's that time. Sports Daily getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the voice of KU, Brian Haney. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH, Jacob Albrock, Paul Savage here today. Paul in for Tommy, and we are welkomed now by Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks. KU gets a big win Monday night. Things shaking up in the Big 12. We're going to get into all of that, Brian, but as a basketball savant like you are, we're going to ask you the question and put you on the spot right here. LeBron James, greatest, greatest or no? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. I, I think he's, he's tremendous. I, I think he's yeah. fabulous. Um, but I, I think Michael Jordan is the greatest. And I was actually in Coach Shaw's office the other day, and I asked him that question, and it was a pretty emphatic MJ as well. So I, I think it's it's interesting because it's a generational thing. Uh, Jacob, how old are you? I am 37, soon to be 38 years old. Okay. And and Tommy, you're you're probably in your mid-20s? Oh, you've got Paul today, and oh, Paul is definitely Paul. not in his mid-20s. Oh, thanks for that. Boy, I really needed that one today. Thank you. <laughs> you know, what I'm getting at is if you grew up in the, the Jordan era, there's a pretty strong bias there. If you grew up in the LeBron era, and for the last 20 years all you know is, is LeBron, there's a pretty strong bias in his direction. But to me, having watched Jordan uh, and, and, you know, Again, generationally, that was my my childhood growing up. I, I just feel like there is a clutchness about his game, his ability in crunch time to go get his shot, his ability to to make it happen from all three phases of the game. LeBron is a capable shooter. LeBron is not the clutch shooter that Jordan was. And I, I think that, uh, for me, it, it kind of comes down to that at the end of the day. Now, when it comes to being an unbelievable physical specimen that at his size has the agility and the quickness and the ability to just put his head down, play bully ball, get to the rim, and how do you stop 6'8", 260 when the train's barreling down the tracks? I mean, he can do things physically that we've never seen a basketball player do before. And when you talk about his ability to uh, you know, make assists uh, at a top five all-time clip, he's an excellent passer, and that, that bears mentioning. But there's a lot of head-to-head categories, and I think Skip Bayless summed them up pretty well on, on his tweet. I don't normally quote Skip Bayless, but in this case, I, I think he had a pretty good one last night when it talked about things beyond simply the six rings and uh, obviously the the six and oh in the nba finals is the biggest feather in in michael jordan's cap but he broke it down a little bit further 
last night and, and talked about MJ scoring titles 10 to 1, MJ uh, three steals titles to zero for LeBron, defensive players of the year uh, for MJ, you know, nine time first team all defensive team, LeBron five, uh, MJ's five to four in MVPs. You know, and, and keep in mind, this is a guy that, that walked away from the game for a couple of seasons and uh, obviously played college basketball on top of that. His counting stats would be even higher had he not. This is a guy who's just absolute killer instinct, uh, whether he had to lock you up defensively on one end of the floor or hit that game winner with all the defensive attention focused on him on the other, was just otherworldly. And I just think when it comes down to it at the end of the day, let me ask you this. Paul, Jacob, Jad, who would you want taking the shot? <laughs> would you trust LeBron or, or would you give it to MJ? To me, that's not even a debate. You would give it to MJ in terms of the game on the line. His clutch factor, his killer instincts, to me, you, that that makes him the greatest of all time. He was just the ultimate competitor. I, I don't think, and I don't mean this to, to sound negative about LeBron because his team's having a rough season, but uh, you know, he won the record and they lost at home to Oklahoma City. Uh, I, I just I, I don't see that happening to MJ on his biggest night. Yeah, it's. It, I think the problem with it is that the conversation of who do you build your team around and who takes the clutch shot are very different things, um, and and they're very different players. LeBron's a unicorn, but Jordan's ability to do the things you talked about have been unmatched too. I think it's an endless debate that'll never be solved, uh, just because they're so different. And, and the winning factor certainly leans in with Michael Jordan. Yeah, uh, Brian, Paul Paul was there for the invention of basketball, so he's seen it all. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about college basketball. Uh, KU looked really good. Do I need Monday. to go back and uh, do I need to go back and listen to the first hour though, and, and see what you guys actually said, or can I just hear your votes real quickly? Are, are you basically saying okay? So it, Paul, it, Paul, I, I so I, I'm not saying he's the greatest. I'm saying that calling him the greatest. And saying who would you build a team around if you could start from scratch with any player in NBA history are two very different conversations. The latter, I'd take LeBron. I'd build around him. But I I think just on the floor, if you've got it one-on-one or if you're looking for that big game performance, that's always going to be Jordan. His greatness was that. So I think it's an impossible question to answer. Honestly, that's my thought, Paul. Well, I'm the same. I'm I'm sort of the same. Part of my problem with LeBron is that it's a me, me, me world for a LeBron James. It's I did this. This is me. I can play all five. If I was drafting, I would take me first. Me, 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 me. We both know that the great ones understand that there's a lot of people around them that make them great. And I'm, I, I'm just not convinced that LeBron would be one of those guys that would admit that readily. And uh, that's my only problem. Is he great? Yes, he's great. For guys' sakes, he might be the greatest of all time in, in ability and longevity. And by the way, Kareem played 10 years of his career without a three-point. How about that? Well, oh, how totally. Good, how yeah. good could he have been if he had honed in with the with with college and, and learned how to use the three? Kareem may have put this record out of reach for LeBron without the three. But, but with that being said, it is what it is. But uh, – uh, I, I thought, and I thought Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was just a gentleman last night as his records gets broken. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's the cool thing. Because he is. 
Paul, hang on real quick. If you ask Michael Jordan who he thought the GOAT was and who he would draft number one in a draft of all players, what do you think Michael Jordan's answer would be? I think he would take somebody else beside himself and it would be LeBron. You, you have never watched or listened to Michael Jordan if you think that's sure. what his answer would be. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, MJ I, would definitely say MJ. Yeah, he would. Well, I mean, there's no question. question. That wasn't to, well, you said who would he take? I thought you meant what player would he want? I'm, yeah, he probably would take himself. I get that. I thought you meant what player would he take. No, that's what. But what I'm saying is what. What's what you're saying bothers you about LeBron? You're not holding against Jordan, and Jordan was the most me guy in sports we've ever seen, and he used that to his advantage. Well, like he, that that was. Yeah. Well, no, I on the court, right? Yeah, like oh, sure. he don't. Okay. Nobody else better touch that ball. It's my ball, right? <laughs> that's part of Jordan's greatness, but. LeBron's chosen to take stances that make people not like him, and that's yeah. his prerogative that's to it. do. And that's, sure. you know, that's that's what it is. All right, Brian, here we go. KU looked awesome on Monday. I thought their best defensive performance, at least at the start of the game, in a game they had to have. You know, we're looking at the Big 12, Brian. Nobody is on a more than two-game win or loss streak with the exception of Oklahoma State, who's won three in a row. Only like two teams are above five or at or above five hundred on the road in the it, it, you know overall this season. Like you just have to hold home court, right? If you want a chance to win it, and KU did that in a great way Monday. They really did. And I'll tell you what, you started to talk about the defensive effort early, the activity level that we saw right out the gates from everybody on this team, particularly the supporting cast. It was called out on Saturday when Bill Self said the defense was lackluster and said, you know, if we're standing around on the offensive end just watching one guy, we're clearly not going to be even a fraction of what we're capable of becoming. And that was a game up in Ames where, yeah, Jalen got his 26. And at times, you know, it wasn't out of selfishness he was forcing it. He was forcing it because nobody else was bringing anything, and he felt like he had to. That burden was on him. To, to come up, you know, with something that will Kansas to some kind of level of competitiveness because everybody else was just flat. Well, 48 hours later, message received loud and clear, and man, was Kansas good. I mean, you're talking about a team that scores 86 of their 88 from guys not named Jalen Wilson. And if you would have told anybody, including Bill Self, Jalen's only going to give you two on the heels of, of what we'd just seen two days earlier up in Ames, you probably think we lose by double digits, but they were that good. And it started with the defensive activity level uh, of DeWan Harris, I thought. I thought he was really the catalyst. And then to see Joe Yesifu have his best game in a Jayhawk uniform, we finally got to see what they thought they were getting two years ago with him when he transferred from Drake after being the you know, Cinderella of, of uh, the early weekend of March Madness. And he won all these games in a row with Drake and it averaged 24 per game over the final nine games in their postseason run. And you saw this burst and this killer instinct score. And you're thinking, man, this guy, even though he's a mighty mouse in terms of height, uh, he's one of the most fun players to watch in all college basketball. Well, what he did on Monday night, particularly on two plays, the, the dunk where you saw the 46-inch vertical and, and Kansas fans just erupt in the field house. But even before that, when he had a breakaway at midcourt and he kicked it into an extra gear that, that nobody else in the building had. I mean, it looked like Tyreek Hill for a second there in terms of the, the uh, afterburners kicked in and boom, he was gone. That's what Bill Self's been waiting for. And we talked about this on a report a couple of weeks ago when uh, we just had a hawk talk with Coach Self. And I told you about a moment in which 
He had said over the airwaves publicly, hey, Joe needs to be a guy that can come in off the bench on a regular basis and hit two or three threes for us and be that spark. And everybody in the crowd kind of nodded their heads. and Joe smiled and, okay, yeah, yeah, you expect the coach to say that. But then he put his headset down. Cameras are turned off. We're in a commercial break. Joe's walking away, and he puts his hands on both of his shoulders and looks him in the eye and says, son, I meant that. We need that. It needs to happen wow. now. Wow. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the switch completely flipped that night in that moment, but it's, I think, a large reason why you've seen a more assertive and aggressive Joe Yesifu these last couple of weeks. It's really trying to you know, you know, impose his will on the game and be more of a difference maker as opposed to a guy that was blending in for his first season and a half. So a lot of good things to take from Monday night, but the Juan and Joe in particular – really stood out for me but hey how about Grady Dick he, he obviously led all Jayhawk scores and we needed that from Grady as, as he followed upon some tough times with the shooting numbers it's great to see him put the ball on the deck get to the rim get some two-point finishes and then watch how that opened up the three-point game where he was a very efficient two for three as well you know I want to ask a question about uh, the three-game losing streak that was just a little over two weeks ago I mean that just happened I want, as an old football coach, I'm fascinated about what was the mindset of this football team? What was the mindset of this coaching staff? Walk us through that three-game losing streak. What was the attitude of the players? What, what did the coaches want to try to accomplish? What, was this team ever in jeopardy of, of just falling off the earth with regards to this losing streak? What was the mindset of this team during those three during that two-week period where three losses uh, took place, three straight losses, I might add, uh, for the KU Jayhawks. Yeah, you know, Paul, I think that Bill did everything he could to downplay the fact that the losses were piling up because you were in the middle of an eight-game stretch where outside of Kentucky, everybody was ranked. They're all in the top 20. Kentucky, by the way, was preseason top five. So yes, I, I consider that's right. them, you know, in, in the same ilk in terms of talent. They were receiving votes at the time of the, of the game in Lexington. And so Self just kept saying, all right, teams lose sometimes. It doesn't happen at Kansas much, but look at who we're up against. And obviously we got boat raced in the TCU game. You know, we were down 22 before you could say rock chalk, and it, and it never really came together for Kansas on that day. But the loss at K-State and the loss in Baylor – you were right there, you know, with the chance to, to win it. And they really felt like they left money on the table at K-State with, with the two live ball turnovers at the end of regulation and the end of overtime. And those were committed by DeWan Harris, who in that three-game stretch was not himself. And, you know, he'd, he'd had the hard fall where he landed on his face late in the second half of the K-State game. And, and uh, though he passed concussion protocol and all that, uh, he clearly, for about a week and a half, was not the same guy and he told us in pregame going up to Ames on Saturday that he was dealing with some vision issues for about a week and a half after that fall so was that part of it I don't know but but he clearly wasn't he had a different kind of energy level clearly in, in the game on Monday compared to you know that that losing stretch but when you have you know your catalyst struggling and then you run into a buzzsaw in your schedule losses are going to happen and, and coach self knowing that this was just the fourth time in 20 years that we lost three in a row. He knew there'd be some chicken littles out there in the fan base saying the sky is falling, but he was very clear to his team. Hey, teams are going to lose three in a row in this league. When you take, take on teams as good as the top six or seven are in the big 12 conference. And we just have to understand that we got chances to ride the ship still in front of us and don't let three turn into four. And so he did a good job of, of making sure that they weren't down and out. Cause it's not like they were getting, 
destroyed each night. Outside of the TCU game, they could have, should have, would have in both Manhattan and Waco. And so I think that did a really good job of keeping the players' eyes on the prize. And it's, it's also similar messaging heading into Monday night. We all knew in the media and as fans, Monday night was a must win. But he was careful not to use that phrase with his team. Uh, but obviously the math doesn't work in a league this good this year. Had you gone down three games to Texas with seven to go, and you still have to go to Austin. But the fact that you win that game on Monday and you just won back, now we got ourselves a race. And he was very careful to make sure the guys didn't feel that that pressure of must win, even though I think in the back of our minds, everybody knew that was the case. Brian, you have brought up several times Dewan Harris. We've been talking about him. We're chatting with Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. Sort of dug in a little bit yesterday because I'm I'm getting fascinated by this. And when you look at K State, sorry, KU right now, not just in the losses, he has not been good in any of the losses that they have. But even the really close wins, right? Oklahoma State, uh, Wisconsin early, just up and down the list. This team is significantly better when he's providing some offense. Is is he in the conversation for most important player in college basketball when you consider the ceiling of KU as a national championship and just how much better they are when he provides some offense to them? I mean, it's wild how much they've gone by his hand offensively and how they've looked this year. Yeah, I think when when the ball goes through him as much as it does, when he's such a central figure point on both ends of the floor, I mean, you, you saw what, what he brought as a catalyst defensively the other night to get us off to such a great start. And then you've seen how flat we can go when he's making poor decisions and turning it over. He is, I think, in my mind, the most important you know, key cog in our in our uh, team success. That doesn't take anything away from the value of, of Jalen Wilson and how spectacular he is, but it kind of comes down to the semantics of most outstanding player and most valuable or important player, as you phrased it. And, you know, if you're debating the MVP or the MIP, uh, you, you ask the question, well, who could you take away? Uh, and it would have the most catastrophic effect on the team if you took him away. Uh, the other night we saw Kansas, you know, win with only two points from Jalen Wilson, and that's not to minimize his contributions. He was obviously the defensive focal point of Texas, which is what opened it up for other guys. Let's be very clear. But we've also seen Kansas on nights where Dewan struggled, and to your point, you know, we either lost the game or you know really struggled to get by. So I think he is right there in, in the most important conversation for sure on this Kansas team. And as it pertains to nationally in that regard, uh, we'll just have to see how far KU goes. If we realize our optimal potential and we make it to the Final Four, then you could have that conversation. But if we play like we played in the first half, uh, really the entire game in Ames, we'll, we could go out in the first weekend this year of March Madness, and, and nobody wants to see that. So that's where you got to have the uh, the dialed in and, and efficient, effective, DeJuan Harris, and it's not just him, but but a lot of times, you know, this team goes as he goes, and and here's hoping we get that version more nights than not. All right, Brian Haney, you've got uh, this weekend. It's Oklahoma in Norman. That game tips off at twelve. You'll hear it and pregame coverage right here on KFH. Brian, rest up. It's going to get rowdy on the road in the Big Twelve. 
That's right. Resting up with a great night's sleep thanks to the Mattress Hub. I feel like if Michael Jordan lived in Wichita, he'd shop at the Mattress Hub, too, because he's the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, no, I, I love the Mattress Hub because of Ryan Beatty and his staff. He's a Wichita homegrown guy and a former Jayhawk baseball standout. He's developed this amazing company that has all the top-line mattresses with the best customer service and prices you could possibly find. And I put my money where my mouth was at this past spring buying a purple mattress which has completely revolutionized my night's sleep in terms of the back pain that used to be there and the restless nights now until jad wakes me up every wednesday i'm sleeping like a baby thanks to my friends at the mattress hub hey guys always fun enjoy the debate i probably ticked off some lebron fans with my uh, take at the beginning like i said it's largely generational but some of those numbers don't lie either and uh, i think i think we're spoiled as basketball fans to have in our lifetime witnessed two incredible greatest of all time candidates. I just happen to side with the guy wearing red and black and, and the number 23, but Hey, you guys have a great uh, rest of the week and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. He also wore a wizard's uniform for a minute and a white Sox uniform. Uh, all right. Uh, Paul and I'll keep him angry coming up next. Cause we'll continue the LeBron discussion. Uh, we got a shocker game tonight to talk about. We've got the Chiefs at the Super Bowl to talk about. Jam-packed hour number two. Time for your calls always, though. 869-1240. We'll come back. Sports Daily right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.